0: go listen to the Lucha Yovers podcast right here in the Voices of Wrestling podcast network nos vemos por ahí this podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network visit voicesofwrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions and updates across the world of wrestling to the highway in a brand new day rainbow, gotta let it go.
1: Stop today. Welcome back to Open the Voice Gate for November 29th, 2022. We are members of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. You can find us on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network feed or our own dedicated podcast feed on all podcast platforms and applications. You can follow us on Twitter at Open Voice Gate. If you'd like to donate to the show, click the link in the show notes. It'll take you to our RedCircle.com landing site. You click the red box to sponsor this podcast, and you can set up a one-time or recurring donation. No obligation whatsoever, but we would like to thank thank all of our previous donors i'm one of your hosts it's your old pal mike Spear, join alongside as always case low and case we have a crazy show we're going to get into this week we took off last week for the holidays but i wanted to make sure to wish you a belated happy thanksgiving how was your holiday buddy
0: it was good it was it was really nice i stayed in chicago my family came up and visited me My girlfriend met my family for the first time, which was incredibly nerve-wracking, but that seemed to go well. She's still sticking around, so they didn't scare her too much. And it was it was very calm. It was very nice. I had my first days off of work. I, I work about five and a half, six days a week and have been doing that all year. And I had all of last week off, which was really nice. So I'm feeling refreshed. I'm feeling uh, very content with most things going on in my life right now. And I'm happy to be back with you. How was your holiday, my friend?
1: It was a lot of fun. I was visiting uh, the lady friend and her family for Thanksgiving. I was uh, I was out in Fort Worth and it was a lot of fun. Uh, just like getting to experience like holidays in like a hometown after like not doing it. Like it's not very Hallmark like, but it did have a Hallmark movie vibe. And oh, there's
0: there's a vibe to it for sure. It's yeah. funny that you say that even at your age, because I've not that you know, not that you're old or anything, Mike. You know, but I've only had that experience a year or two removed from college, and it's you know it's a good feeling when you move to the big city and things are going okay. But then you come back to your hometown, it's like all right, that's that's what's up. Like I'm I'm here and I'm doing okay. What's up, small town people?
1: Yeah, it, it it it's like that, but also I mean. Yeah, just like a frame of reference case um i graduated high school in 04 and after my brother graduated high school a few years later everyone from my family left fort worth like uh, it, it my brother went off to school my parents moved i was already away from school so up until this year it was a good solid 15 years so like like going to like places like it, visiting uh, like my uh, like my girlfriend's family's house was is in my old neighborhood that's which is bizarre. A, yeah yeah which is a very bizarre thing and it, it's something that uh her sister very sweet very sweet is like hey why don't you come move right and right across the street wouldn't that be great i'm like i lived here for like 18 years like it's not like the reason i don't want to move this neighborhood is not because of you it's because i lived here for 18 years you've I don't done your time in fort anymore. worth yeah I, 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 it's not even done my town in fort worth i've done my town i've done my time in that one specific area of fort worth that there's yeah. just nothing so but, but you know, it was fun. It The one thing that will kind of become a little bit of a theme to the show, especially when we get to one portion later on, case, is that I basically, up until I got back into South Carolina on Sunday, I was virtually disconnected for wrestling for a good solid, like, six days. So some stuff happened that I did not realize happened. And, you know, context is key in a lot of things, I, I will say. But, you know, it, it's good to be back and, you know, with with how things have been with dragon gate and just with how the end of the year is looking, it's, it's going to be a a exciting, but a little bit hairy time, I think closing out 2022.
0: That's interesting because I was very much connected to wrestling over the past week, but not connected to Dragon Gate. I was watching everything, but I did a big DDT catch up last week and found myself thoroughly enjoying some main event DDT stuff. Um, Watch some New Japan that I really liked. I, I owe it to myself and to the, the voting committee over at the SFM 50 to watch some NOAA that I've missed this year, but nothing sounds more unappealing to me than Noah 2022 stuff right now, so I've been staring down the barrel at some NOAA shows for two weeks now, and I just can't bring myself to watch them, but... Knowing that I basically, you know, removed myself of of Dragon Gate viewing for a week, and then came back to these Okinawa shows, it was a bit of a daunting process because you know people who have followed the promotion this year will remember that they went to Okinawa in late June of of twenty twenty two, and that was probably the bleakest weekend of the promotion this year they were coming off of you know a fun June Cork and King of Gate finals the Torrey Mon reunion show and then for whatever reason once that final bell rang in Corken Hall on that second Torrey Mon reunion show it just a flip switched and everything became pretty bleak all of a sudden they did that that three show stretch in Fukuoka that was dry as a bone and then they went to Okinawa and these shows were horrible. I mean, we did not have fun discussing them. We spent as, as little time as possible on them. And then they steamrolled right into the July Corkin show, which had the disastrous menorah angle and the, the disastrous rest of July. But, you know, just from the little bit that we've talked, I, I get the impression that you were on the same page as me, where we thought these shows were just a ton of fun.
1: Yeah, so just because I don't think we, we've ran through the format of uh, of this week's show, we're going to talk about the Okinawa weekend, the three shows that they had there. We'll talk about DG and USA, including King of the Indies and stuff that's happened. And we'll close out talking about Kaito Shida. But yeah, uh, Okinawa, like, I, I think some of the reasons why everything felt so weird about that was that was like one after another. Like, it was very soon to like, I think like right after or within like 30, within like three weeks. That was it for like Kaito Ishida and the company, too. Like, like, there was a weird malaise happening over June around this time. And it wasn't, and a lot of it was stuff on the shows, but there just was other stuff around here that the Okinawa shows did not help whatsoever.
0: Well, I'm looking at these cards right now, and the main event of that June 18th Okinawa show. Was Kaito Ashida, Kota Minora, and Naruki Doi versus Dragon Kid, Kaisuke Akuda, and Yamato, and I specifically remember watching that match. And this is, you know, Gold Class has been so weird. I loved them when they debuted. I loved them through about Dead or Alive, and then they just fell off a cliff. And this is, uh, I believe this is Ashida's last weekend in the company. Actually, for yes, for Ashida and Akuda, this was it for them. And they're in just this dry ass six man tag main event where gold class has no juice high end obviously had no juice. And that was the epitome of just like, God, what are we doing here? Like this main event scene feels like a disaster. It feels like they've got, you know, guys in the wrong spot. And I even remember, you know, the semi main on that show, it was Hyo and Shun Skywalker versus Dragon Dai and Yuki Yoshioka and 99 times out of 100 that match is going to be super fun and we happened to get the one match of those four guys i was like oh that that wasn't any good either and it's not like the show the next night was any better this time in june this was a promotion that felt stale and it didn't felt like they had all of their ducks in a row like they had squandered a lot of potential and i think the exciting thing about these shows was Although I had nothing reached the spreadsheet, but boy, did I have a few matches that came close, and we'll talk about one that I was really close to putting in the notebook, it felt like instead of waste of potential, we were seeing months and months of, for lack of a better term, good behavior Pay off that you know the right moves they made in August and September and October. All of a sudden, you roll into these lighthearted, fun shows, and they were lighthearted and fun. Whereas in June, they were just a pain in the ass. They were a slog to get through. I was really concerned about having that happen again, but I had a blast watching these.
1: Yeah, and I I think some things that helped it, and there's a couple of matches that when we get into the individual reviews, we'll talk about it. it sometimes with like some of these shows and okinawa is what was the case fukuoka that venue it really is the case it just feels very bizarre it does not feel very welcoming does not feel like you're kind of playing to the space i felt like on this tour especially considering the venues that they were in and the circumstances they kind of adapted this into like remember uh, stories of prime zone and next from lapis hall when it like people who would go to these shows that would never be taped or would be taped just for like the prime zone things and they would talk about like these hard hitting or like these hard sounding absolute wars that was kind of what we got in okinawa this weekend
0: there is a match that we will talk about uh, on the first okinawa show that i will remember for a very long time. I, I simply thought it was one of the most fun wrestling matches of the thousands and thousands I've watched this year. This has to be in the top 25 matches that I've had the most fun with. And that is just such a, a delight on a show like this, where again, you know, these these could drag. You know, they, they could bring in the wrong Ryukyu Dragon guys. Maybe the Dragon Gate homegrown talent doesn't work as hard. There are all of these factors that can go into these smaller shows, and instead we just happen to hit the right rhythm here. And I thoroughly enjoyed the two and a half shows, the two Dragon Gate proper shows, and then the Ryukyu Dragon uh, Dragon Gate Dragon X Dragon show that happened as well.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Let's get into the reviews themselves. As you said, there are basically two and a half shows. They were on the 26th for the first Dragon Gate show, then the second Dragon Gate show and Dragon X Dragon was were on the 27th. All of them are up on the Dragon Gate network and will be up for the next few days. And... Just like getting into it, just starting off, we, we started off in Okinawa on the 26th at the Minyo stage, Utahime, uh, 110 attendants, did not look like they could put any any people in more into that venue case because that, when you're in Okinawa, you have to make do of some circumstances, but like, just let's just put it out there because this was probably in a lot of ways like not what if you're someone who's a new dragon gate fan and you and you see this venue and you see the show this does not seem like what you would hope like dragon gate number two men's promotion in japan would look like you know
0: no you've got to think of this show if you haven't seen it and you don't know what you're getting into as a prime zone taping and if that doesn't mean anything to you think of the chikara venue in allentown pa Think of this was old school studio wrestling. I mean, that's just it, the the ring was tiny. It was it looked like fourteen by fourteen, uh, but that didn't stop these guys from working hard.
1: And there was a chandelier.
0: <laughs> there there was a chandelier, and you can get a really good up close and personal look at it during the intermission of this show.
1: 15 minutes of it, it it was something that like scrubbing through intermission case it was just like a delight to like go ahead 15 seconds because i thought i i timed it out right and it would still be the chandelier and the only w- re- way i could tell that the image wasn't frozen is i could see the like hitting the prisms on the chandelier differently
0: yeah no if you've got some good weed or some mushrooms or something you don't need to skip intermission on this show just enjoy it while it lasts because it's a nice hard close-up of a very very bright very pretty chandelier
1: yeah no for sure and they opened up this first match and the first show in okinawa with a six man tag this was d courage uh yuki oshioka dragon die madoka kakuda versus m3k misaki mochizuki sumo mochizuki and mochizuki jr kakuda got the win at the snap pile driver on jr in 13 minutes and 59 seconds this match is available for free on youtube
0: I thought this was really good, and it's not that I already wasn't excited for Mochizuki versus Yoshioka for the Dreamgate belt on December 6th, which, if you have not heard, that show is going to be free on the Gate Network. You will not need an account on – or you, you might need an account. I, I, don't, I don't know. Is there – There's let me try that again because <laughs> there's no such thing as the free version of the dragon gate network you will not need an account to watch the december 6th cork and hall show we do not have the full card but we do know that yuki yoshioka will defend his dream gate belt against masaki mochizuki there and this just added to my excitement over it i mean the the chemistry between those two is obviously incredibly strong and it got me thinking about the yoshioka run where you know part of my complaint with Yamada with the Dreamgate belt last year and with Kai with the Dreamgate belt in the early part of this year was that they're just not doing anything compelling leading up to the big match I trust that on you know a pay-per-view or a cork and hall main event that those guys can deliver but there's nothing getting me to the match that is all that exciting Yoshioka has been put in a really interesting position where he had Ata as his first challenger and Ato works an odd schedule and is without a unit. So it was really hard to build up to that match. He wrestled Yamato who they wrestled once in Cork and hall. And then Yamato went to America for six weeks. And that was the entire build of that match was Yamato going to America. And because of the wonky November schedule, that was really front loaded. We haven't exactly seen a ton of Yoshioka and Mochizuki in the ring with one another, in the build to this match. And I have no doubt that in the same way that Ata and Yamato, those matches drew really well, I expect more people to be in Cork and Hall for that Dragate show than any other show they've put on this year, with the exception of the Kness Retirement Show. And even then, I I think they can get close to that number. So it's really interesting to watch what they've done with Yoshioka. There's a big story being told, this overarching story that he wants to beat all of these former Dreamgate champions. We're not getting a ton of chapters in those stories, though. We're really going from point to point to point, and I like it. It's worked out so far, both from my entertainment, but also from the box office.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting because we'll get more into the upcoming Hokkaido triple shot. The, 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 I just the say, say before we get much deeper into this, what a travel week for Dragon Gate guys. Like... You have a weekend in Hokkaido. You're back. You, you remain on tour. Like I, I think they had another show before this, and then you're you're going from rikyu uh, Okinawa to Sapporo, like consecutive weeks. This is far away across the country as you can get. Just wild. But yeah, but if you look at the Hokkaido shows, they have two preview matches, which is something that has not really happened. And the two preview matches are completely kind of different in what they're doing, and it's going to be kind of fascinating.
0: Yeah, I am really into those Sakai shows. We'll preview those uh, after we talk about Okinawa. But this was a super solid opener. I mean, D Courage. Uh, I'm just continuously amazed at how successful this experiment has been. Where it seemed like you know the first shows of the year at January 12th and January 13th and Hall shows, they made a point of going, okay, this year is going to be about Dragon Daya and about Yuki Yoshioka. And by all accounts, by all measurements that we have, uh. They have succeeded, and then you add Madoka Kakucha into the mix, and it it completely—I re I, I would not say revitalized. I would say it saved his career, and now you just have this three-man juggernaut that uh, appears to be selling a, a ton of merchandise. I, I don't want to totally reveal some SFM50 stuff yet, but I will let you know, Mike, that uh, it is my opinion that Dragon Daya and Yuki Oshiyoka were two of the ten best wrestlers in the world this year. And I, I firmly believe that. I, I think they have been just about as good as anybody not named Will Osprey or Shun Skywalker. And this was just another match where I just go, God, these guys are so good.
1: Yeah, it's just something that, like, w- w- when you see groups and units gel in Dragon Gate, and we've been lucky to see them come together relatively quickly. I mean, think about, like, Masquerade versus R.E.D. last year. It, it, it's like that they have been together since birth in a lot of ways, and certainly feels that way about D. Courage. Yeah, this was a fun opener it was nice seeing the preview with mochi and stuff and then the junior slide is something i'm enjoying watching mochizuki jr like now drop the belts he's gotten he's kind of lost his first uh, big feud with ishin and he is struggling a bit and i find that's going to be a fascinating thing to kind of watch play out on these uh these small shows before we get into corking because i i have a feeling that he's going to be on a pretty stiff losing streak save one match he had this weekend
0: beat for beat I have enjoyed every single thing they've done with Motozuki Jr. since his debut. We're, we're six months deep into his career. And I think just about every match he's had has been super compelling. I think every angle he's been involved with has been great. I love the way he's being handled. This is one, you know, I don't know what this end story is. You know, this, uh, for, for lack of a better term, this first stage of his career that I think we're still in. But, I'm really excited to get to the finish line there because I think by the time we hit that point, we'll have a really unique story that we'll be able to look back on and go, God, they, they kind of nailed this because so far they have.
1: Yeah, no, it's going to be really cool to see how it plays out. Uh, match two, special singles match. Well, it wasn't special, but it is special because it's Minorita versus k in case K-Jax won if it slam in four minutes. And uh, th- th- this was just kind of like a on 101 match, wasn't it?
0: i i I cannot focus on Minorita when you have a man like k jacks in the ring i I don't totally (laughs) know what his background is it i is it true that he's like a was like a rugby guy who just liked okinawa and moved there and then became a pro wrestler i think i read that somewhere
1: that rules i love that
0: uh let's okay so guts dozer and the voices of wrestling discord who has made a number of of great drangit uh, informational videos that are on youtube we've pointed them out before said as far as i know he's an aussie amateur kickboxer who just really loves okinawa and wanted to be a wrestler
1: that rocks that rules like the, the that is completely not what i expected for like a backstory but i think that rules yeah and, and i guess that would kind of make sense with dingo you know, like Mad Dog Club.
0: Yes. Uh, the th- the thing with Kjax is, and, I, and I'll have more to say on him when we talk about the second show. I don't know. I, I, he's not good. I don't know if he's ever going to be good. And I want to offer him a seven-figure contract.
1: He's chart. He, I, I you your eyes I, can't go away from him.
0: I, I am not claiming to be a, a, a wrestling savant by any means. I'm not claiming to be a creative genius. But I just, I kept on looking at him and going... God, I can make money with him. I just let put me in, coach. Let me let me handle K Jack's career for a year. You give me a year with him, I can make money in your territory. There is something about this guy that I became so infatuated with over this weekend.
1: Yeah, and, and, and I mean, like, that's some of the fun stuff you get with these. This this was like the kind of the spice that I really wanted out of the June weekend, where it just was not there. Like, and and, and I know there might have just been like a a fog of just uh, bad vibes around given what would happen over the next like few weeks but getting like just like just random stuff like kjax just like make like a show like these shows are not long like i got through each of the dragon gate proper shows an hour 45 minutes but just like having that a minorita versus kjax it was the match really that good no but was it incredibly charming yes you have to go out and see kj
0: and that's you know and I, i'm a little higher on ultra soaky than than you were but nevertheless, KJX is fun and charming, and the, the last Okinawa weekend was a lot of Ultra Soki, who was a wrestler that you in particular were just not wowed by by any means.
1: He did a great job at ringside this weekend.
0: <laughs> yeah, he looked very good, not wrestling. <laughs>
1: exactly. Uh, but moving on, we had a mixed, uh Riku Dragon and Dragon Gate match, as Yazushi Kanda teamed with Drake Morimatsu and Hibiscus Me versus Problem Dragon, Jackie Funky Kame and Misaki Maeda, it was Drake Morimatsu penning Misaki Maeda with the Drake driver in 12 minutes and 3 seconds. And Case, we, 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 we have to have a discussion about Hibiscus Me on these shows.
0: Well, here's what I'll say about it, is that although you and I, I'd like to think, are the premier voices of English-speaking Gate commentary uh, and analysis, there are people that are just going to be far more invested in this Jackie Funky Kamei Hibiscus Me stuff Than we are. This is not the podcast for that. We're going to talk lore. We're going to talk blood generation. We're going to talk great matches. There are people that are going to be really into Jackie Funky Kamei's evil stepmom hibiscus me and their relationship. It's not for me. I don't care about it. I really was looking forward to to not looking forward to these matches being over, I guess I should say.
1: Yeah, that it, it, it's something that like sometimes you get a Jack, sometimes you get hibiscus me Just doing like five minutes of stand up <laughs> in middle the middle the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like it, it, it's just that you know. Like I did not really care for this one. I I like the Jeff King Conda stuff in this. That was fun. Kanda had a pretty good weekend. I thought he worked shockingly hard. Y, you know, uh, maybe it's just getting the ocean air.
0: Of course, of course. Yeah, Yasushi Kanda seems like a chill guy. He probably does his best work
1: at the beach. Oh, yeah, yeah. You get a couple of Ryans and them, get out of town. Cause. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um. Match four, we had Gold Class, Koda and Binke versus Shurijo and Teal and Sisa. And it was uh Kota Minora pinning Sisa with the R301 and 807. I I, I We'll talk more about Teal on later, but I it, it, this was a fun little eight-minute match that also revealed some of the issues in sometimes of Okinawa where like the signal was like dropping in and out sometimes on these shows, which would never happen before.
0: Yeah, there was issues with that in the main event as well. But this was another one of those matches where I watched Sherry Joe and I go, this guy's real. like, this guy's a good pro wrestler. He is fun. <laughs> this guy is really good. And, you know, my introduction to Gurk and Mask was the 2016 super j cup he came in and represented okinawa pro wrestling and was a ton of fun and i've been in love with him ever since and i'm just kind of waiting for joe to hopefully one day if you wanted to have an opportunity to work a show outside of okinawa in front of just some different eyeballs because i think he's a wrestler that people would really enjoy but only the the most perverted of the biggest perverts are going to watch him wrestle
1: yeah you you have to love some uh some certain delights to be really be like deep in on it but he's also someone that like he is like the perfect 16th person on a super j cup yeah yes,
0: a nice eight minute opener where he takes the fall and we all it's kind of you know it'll face with, you it, it happened with gherkin mask and it happened with kaiji tomato where i was unfamiliar with both of them going into that j cup and then they just they had really fun under 10 minute matches and i've had a soft spot for them ever since
1: yeah, no, and it's something that that is also just like the idea of Shuri Joe in a new Japan ring against, like, yo, you know. <laughs> the king of sports <laughs> for Shuri Joe.
0: I love it. I'm into it.
1: <laughs> it's perfect. No, no, but this was a fun one. Uh, then uh, the next match this is my main event of night one was an eight-man tag. Z, Bratz, Kai, BB, Hulk, Shun, Skywalker, Hio, Diamante got the week off. It's probably for the best. He probably would have launched people into, into that chandelier. And they went up against this mixed team of Strong Machine J, Mad Dog Club, because, Case, uh, Gherkin Mask is a heel now. Gherkin Mask is a heel. Chirami uh, Saver, my main man, and Leona. It was a disqualification when Zebrats threw down the referee, and then Tatsumi Fujinami had to go save his fail son.
0: I'm not doing a bit when I say that if this match would have had a clean finish, I probably would have won four stars on it. I adored this match this is this is one of the most fun matches i've seen this year and it involves leona who is one of the all-time worst professional wrestlers i've ever seen and it rocked i, I where, where do you stand on this i'll give a whole spiel i adored this match and i would love to know if we're just on completely separate pages
1: Oh, this was the sleaziest thing I've seen in a long time. Like <laughs> in the Dragon Gate ring, this was like the sleaziest things. I, I, I mean, and, and it's something. So, case okay, so I was uh, watching uh, the Big Brunch. That was a show. Like, what did I do instead of watch wrestling? Well, watched a lot of cooking rally shows. And one one of the things is someone does a version of the Cheddar Bay Biscuit from uh, uh from, from from Red Lobster, and they like immediately call it like the the most slutty thing they've ever eaten. This is a slutty match in that way. Just because it's so decadently sleazy, if that makes
0: sense. I I thought this was old school. Like I was thinking about a match earlier today of Eddie Gilbert and Ricky Steamboat versus Barry Windham and Ric Flair, which is Steamboat's return to Crockett, and how it's just it's kind of a wild brawl. It's it's loose, but the the talent is there, and it's just a match that has just stuck with me. It's like God, that's that's kind of what televised pro wrestling should look like that's really really fun stuff and although it is dangerous to compare anything leona has ever done to anything that rick flair and ricky steamboat have ever done i kind of got similar vibes from this where it was just it was a fast-paced walk and brawl where you've got you know shoon skywalker and Gurkin mask going at it which obviously is just what i'm all about you've got charami saver who is again a great pro wrestler or at least a very good pro wrestler and there's something about leona just clearly being the weak link of this four-man team in kai in particular kind of zoning in on him and bowling him around it- there was beauty to this match structure like this is a match that was just a ton of fun and had it not ended in the dq where you know kai goes to cut leona's hair which by the way if kai would have cut leona's hair and this match would have continued i would have lost my ever-loving mind but he goes to cut his hair uh yagi tries to take away kai's scissors and kai shoves yagi down for the dq which i thought was a huge disappointment because if the match continues and we get a 90-second you know, Shun Skywalker, Gurken Mask, hot finishing stretch, I'm giving this match four stars. Like, I would have thought it would have been legitimately great at that point, but even with the bad finish, out of nowhere comes a man who I think is the third greatest professional wrestler to ever live, Tetsumi Fujinami. <laughs> he cleans house on Zebrats, and I'm just like i didn't know any of this was happening i didn't know I, I didn't look at these cards ahead of time i didn't know leona was on this show until he walked out and then i went is that fujinami's kid why is he here like what is going on and then not only does he work this match that i thought rapidly or, or rather outrageously exceeded my expectations but tetsumi fujinami comes out and gives kaya dragon screw and i i was just dumbfounded by all of this
1: yeah uh so i i did a little bit of research i wasn't able to between like like when we started speculating case okay, so i was it it, it was it, it was overnight in japan like like i didn't expect to hear back for anyone about this but i think this is a lot like remember how chinsuke and nakamura and whatever the uh, fake chono is was on that Sapporo tour yeah i i, I think this might be a lek thing with leona and tatsumi fujinami because they, they they don't live in okinawa
0: yeah, that was uh, – we, we were going back and forth about that today, and I was like, well, I, it makes sense that it's a Lec thing, but maybe Leona's just based in Okinawa, and we don't know, but that doesn't appear to be the case. I mean, look, I get it. If I was a he promoter – He kind of looks
1: like <laughs> – you know, like, he, he, like when you were talking about the throwback thing, he looks like someone who like like works out on the beach in Okinawa in the 1970s. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of cool. He, he,
0: he would love Venice Beach if he ever had the chance to go. He would get a little too comfortable on Venice Beach, I think, but – i get it i mean fujinami is one of my five most favorite wrestlers of all time maybe if not top 10 for sure again i think i i voted him number three in greatest wrestler ever we did it last year and so if i have the opportunity to to book fujinami and i got to bring his kid with me i'm gonna do it uh quick trivia question do you know the one show the one dragon gate show before this that leona worked on
1: I wasn't there like a final gate with Fujinami versus uh, Stalker and he got in on the undercard.
0: There was a Kobe world that Fujinami worked a few years ago. Fujinami, his that's uh, right. Let me, I gotta look up his. He's uh, worked
1: several Kobe worlds. By the way,
0: Fujinami, what a worker. He works Dragon Gate on the 19th and then works Gleet on the 23rd.
1: That's a man that could cross divides.
0: Yeah, so so Fujinami did Dead or Alive twenty fourteen against Stalker. He did a match that I'll talk about in a second. And then he did Kobe World twenty eighteen, Hirosato, Masaki Mochizuki, and Fujinami versus Don Fuji, Punch Tamanaga, and Yoshiaki Fujiwara, which, oh my God, what a what a combination of guys. Uh, but Leona would have worked the 2018 Shingo Takagi Homecoming show. He worked the semi-main which was Genki Horiguchi, Keiji, Sasumi Yokosuka, and Leona against Big R Shimizu, Jason Lee, Masato Yoshida, and Naruki Doi. One of those things is not like the other seven, and I say that with all due respect to Leona. And then the main event was the Shingo homecoming match of Shingo Takashi Yoshida and Yuko Miyamoto versus Dragon Kid, Masaki Mochizuki, and Tetsumi Fujinami, which is an all-time god-tier trio team.
1: (sighs) It's nice when you can get Fujinami around. It's just it, it. It's one of those things that I, I'm okay with Leona being around if he's going to take us back like 1982 and we're in, uh, we're in the concession stand. You know,
0: I love Fujinami. I, I find even his old man work to be charming, whereas Fujiwara, I find it to be sad.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the main event for the first show was Natural Vibes versus High End plus a friend, as it was KZ, UT, and Big Boss Shimizu versus yamato dragon kid and Ata. Ata teaming with dragon kids since 2018 that's spicy and yamato penned ut the galleria in 14 minutes and 50 seconds
0: yeah dragon kid Ata, and yamato is pretty much the biggest trio they could book from a star power perspective right
1: uh, i mean I, I would probably sub in dragon kid for yoshioka at this point
0: yeah that's okay that's fair it, it's a. Uh... It's a really nice trio. I would like for them to run some Drang Kid Yamato and Ata matches outside of Okinawa where we can actually see if this makes a difference from an attendance standpoint because I think it's a super interesting trio to run. And my thought here is the same thought I had on the second Okinawa show, which is, man, we really need a Yamato and UT singles match. They've had two, neither of them have made tape. I-, I need to see what these guys can do with 12 minutes by themselves because their chemistry is excellent.
1: Yeah, I actually went notebook on this case. I loved it. I thought that this was just like, oh, if this is where we're going to put Eita in, in an absolute just chop fest because they decided to make this prime zone, I'm here for it. And also, like, Shimizu and DK were lighting each other up. Like, with how Okinawa is, did they not think, like, okay, tomorrow when I'm at the beach, this is going to, like, sunburn awfully? <laughs> because, like, that's what went through my mind during this. Like, oh, you're going to have a rough time at the beach tomorrow.
0: I can assure you, Big Boss Shimizu did not think about a future action.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> that did no, no, not, not happen. Not whatsoever. I, I there there are funny photos of Shimizu and Okinawa. So no, he doesn't like think.
0: I I really I like this match. I went three and a half on it, but I I see where you're at here. Ata is going to be interesting to watch. You know, I feel like this entire calendar year we've been on Ata watch in waiting for him to do something. And that thing has not always been what we've expected, but we're hitting a point again where, you know, Perostel Del upon is over. Nozawa is supposedly retiring and Kotaro Suzuki appears to be DDT bound. So what, what's, what's his next step in the greater Japanese wrestling universe and how does it impact him and Dragon Gate? You know, a lot of people have been waiting for the the shoot to drop on s his schedule changing, and Drangate, he already doesn't work every show, I always thought that story was a little bit overblown, just, again, when people are attached to Nozawa, I think people act pretty irrationally, but he's clearly sticking around but the ecosystem around him is changing and i'm really curious to see uh how that impacts him going forward if it's him teaming with drank and Yamato for a little bit great because i think that's a fantastic trio
1: and it's something that like if you're someone that's like going like oh he's got to be gone there there is an argument that like since these are like fan trip shows that like a lot of the people there are people that go on like a Dragon Gate vacation. Jay has talked about these on the show before about Sapporo. It's very similar to Okinawa that maybe it was something that he was already agreed to these dates ahead of time too. You know, and this is where you fix, this is where you could plug them in. So like there's a lot of ways like that there has been no sort of direction in Ada Watch. And it's even more like question marks after all the uh, uh stuff you ran through.
0: Yeah, but he's he's still working a ton of house shows. I mean, I yeah, I, he, he's not he doesn't work every show. But again, he's he's on the same schedule as Mochizuki, and that's been that way. And I just I don't think we act that way with Mochizuki because he's not aligned with Nozawa, and so people are <laughs> are able to see with twenty twenty vision. But for some reason, with Eita, it becomes a, a bigger story than I think people realize it is. So. You know, maybe, maybe next week I'm wrong and it, it, it he starts doing the DOI schedule where he's only in Corkin and Osaka and the big pay-per-view shows, but I I, I expect Ata's Dragon Gate work to stay the same. I'm just ready for him to be back in a unit. I, I want people to have the ability to buy an Ata Dragon Gate shirt again. And again, if that's him filling in with high end for a little bit, I I think that's a smart move. I'd really like to see that.
1: Yeah, man, for for the conspiracy minded, Ada is going to have Kaido next weekend. Uh, but yeah this was a fun first show again this was about because uh, they had an intermission for whatever reason that you can watch the glorious uh chandelier you can get through this one relatively quickly the next night was in tenbusu naha which was a bit of a bigger building they actually announced this as a supernova vacancy and it opened up with the with the vocalist of the Decourage theme doing a live performance of the Decourage theme and then can, Zebra I, can I
0: say can i say something that annoys me real quick what's up because I didn't realize this show was considered super no vacancy, and it's why I get so annoyed by the uh, air quotes research that is done that shows total attendance in Japan over a period of time. Because this weekend was clearly a success, from what we know about their Dragon Gate's relationship, or at least what we think we know about Dragon Gate's relationship with Ryuku Dragon Pro and the fan vacations that they do to these shows, I would imagine this was a profitable weekend for them, but because they only drew X amount of fans and promotions X, Y, and Z drew more, even if they don't draw uh, as well in Corkin or whatever i'm just i i hate Sold those, tickets, I, I hate I those mean, bar yeah. graphs i I'm so annoyed by it it's such a stupid way of looking at data when yeah
1: and and, and it's also completely sorry to interject here it's no, ignoring please. the population differences like okinawa i mean like that's far western islands like away from the main archipelago like the population density there's completely different like 189 here might mean something completely different if you're going to talk about like proportion and cork and hall or elsewhere
0: do you know what how many other promotions run okinawa
1: i i can give you that figure really quickly
0: yeah i'm I'm on the same boat i mean no one no no relevant promotion other than drag gate has touched it this year which i think is super interesting and it, and it appears to be that way you know going back um it looks like zero run, zero one ran there in 2019. All Japan ran there in 2019. New Japan did a show there in 2019. COVID has obviously impacted the the Okinawa business to an extreme degree. But I, I don't know. I would just I would like to know what a Noah or a Stardom would do in Okinawa. I, I would love to know if they could bring 200 fans to a building,
1: or if it's something that like I would say probably those 2019 shows, sold shows probably. You know. Yes. So I mean like there's that aspect to it as well. But let's get into the the Saturday show. We had that uh opening Decourage performance and Zebrats came out doing it an, an open mic building up the match uh, that they, they set this match on mat on night 1 basically having uh, Mochizuki Jr. and Leona Go up against Zebrats basically. Uh Fujinami's not going to wrestle in Okinawa. Come on. But uh but, but working fathers and sons that way. They're building that up then Tilon Shisa came out, challenged Shio for the Brave Gate, and that got made for later on in the night. But then we opened with an eight man tag. It was Natural Vibes, KZ, Strong Machine, Jay, Big Boss, Shimizu, and Jackie Funky Kamei, with temporary Mad Dog member, uh, Problem Dragon, Mondai Ryu, teaming with the rest of Mad Dog Club, Gurukun Master, Saver, and KJAX. Jax. KZ got the pen on the temporary member, Mondai Ryu, with the Running Elbow Smash and 10 12.
0: I got to get me a mad dog club t-shirt because I don't know. I don't know how you dress outside of tracksuits. suits. I, I don't know if you wear a lot of graphic tees, but most of what I wear is band merch. And I get a lot of the, Oh, what is What does your shirt mean? I oh, it's a band. Then they, just, I see the disappointment wash over their faces. I'm trying to explain whatever it is to them. The only wrestling shirt that I wear in public is a Paris Del mall shirt. And I, I think I've been asked that like, well, what's that once or twice? I just love the idea of wearing a Mad Dog Club t-shirt and trying to explain to like a normal person like, well, you, you know, they're, so they're an Okinawa-based heel stable in the Ryukyu Dragon Pro Wrestling.
1: Uh, Let me tell I'm you a, about Tarami Saber.
0: K Jax is the name you're going to want to remember. He's going to be important. Let me take you through the lore. Um, <laughs> no, so, these these guys are a ton of fun. This I thought this match was awesome. This is like a legitimately good match where you've got Gurkin Mask going at it with Jackie, Funky, Kamei. That stuff was excellent. And then Big Boss, Shimizu, and K-Jax colliding with one another. That is why you go to Okinawa. That is the good
1: stuff. Yeah, this was just fun in a really nostalgic way. Like, this venue, like, uh, more so the venue the night before, but, like, I was getting, like, big like Kobe Chicken Jorved vibes with it, and I was like, oh, this feels like this could have been, like, a match in 2002 toriamon you know especially with big boss shimizu colliding with k-jack
0: if i had control over k-jack's career i i'll use him in dragon gate uh for this specific example he's working natural vibes on every house show for a year it's k and yoshida and problem dragon versus natural vibes it's k and Ata versus natural vibes because he can do big man stuff with shimizu he can do David versus Goliath stuff with Jason and Jackie and UT. And he can learn to have bangers with Casey. I'd have him wrestle natural vibes on every house show. And then every Cork and Hall show, it's Minorita squash. It's Jason Lee squash. It's, uh, I almost said Oji Shiba. It's, <laughs> it's whoever is small that can be squashed up until a Dreamgate match that he loses and then he's never seen again. But you could get a year out of Kjax just by handling him like an old school monster heel.
1: So we're Brody Lee pushing him immediately. That's
0: exactly. We're doing the Brody Lee push with Kjax, which is the highest honor a man can receive.
1: Yeah, I mean if you're a foreigner coming to Dragon Gate, you want the Brody Lee push. That's uh, that's match- it.
0: I, I'm I'm fascinated by him. I and again, oh. he's not that good, but I thought he looked pretty he was I I will say he was pretty fun. Wrestling ooh, Shimizu. Ooh,
1: ooh, there's stuff to work with. There's stuff to work with KJAX. Some of those OWE foreigners that would come in, there was nothing. You can get out of them. No. k no, there, There's something here. You, you, you,
0: uh, you fly him to America. Like, if I'm, if I'm Tony Khan and I'm K-Jax watching the show... k versus Diamante.
1: K-Jax versus <laughs> <is> Diamante.
0: <laughs> I just... I can't rule... I can't get the idea of KJAX and Stokely Hathaway out of my mind. Like... Are we sure that's not an avenue we want to go down, get him a visa, move him here for a year? Are we sure we don't want Dark Elevation headlined weekly by a K-Jax main event? I'm just, I, I'm just giving Tony Khan an idea.
1: Hey, last time we, we, we talked into existence appearances on, on Dark. It just didn't work out our way, so maybe we can get this one to stick.
0: That'd be nice. I would like to have a, a Dragon Gate Dark match that airs.
1: Yep, that is true. Match two, it is the old school N2K team of, of Susumu uh, Mochizuki and Yuzuki Kanda versus Shuri Joe and Gosamaru, making his first appearance of the weekend. Kanda penned Gosamaru with a Law Magistral cutback.
0: Sherry Joe and Susumu Mochizuki is an exciting combination. Those are those are two guys that. Uh, for as respected as Susumu is, I'm still going to call him sneaky good. I just gave my piece on Shuri Joe. I, I had a lot of fun watching this, and Kanda like Konda worked hard this weekend, which is odd because he never works hard.
1: Yeah, it, 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 Susumu almost took this match out. Of, say, the Shuri Joe stuff. Yes, but
0: I mean, I, I yes, Keep I have I have thoughts on Gosumara later on that uh, are not <laughs> as flattering. So
1: it, makes sense. Uh, Match three, high end, Dragon Kid and Yamato. They're going against their partner from the night previous, Ata, who is with UT, so we get a millennials connection. And it was Dragon Kid pinning UT with the Bible after an errant kick from Ata.
0: A millennials connection, we're we're one step closer to my Ata Lucha Dojo dream fantasy stable of him and UT and Diamante and uh Rocky Espy Lobo. And...
1: <laughs> We're bringing back Rocky Lobo. You you heard it here, Cubs.
0: <laughs> Look, Gleet gets Flamita, but Drangate's going to win the war. They're going to get Rocky Lobo. <laughs> there, we go. The, the, that, there we go. Who
1: cares about Black Generation? Who cares? We got Rocky Lobo.
0: <laughs> that really got me. I, that was good. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> this match was a lot of fun. Uh, A10 UT are a great team. I thought there were some super clever spots in this match with Ata and UT doing the, you know, the partners that don't get a long deal, but doing it in a really compelling way. Again, is a very good pro wrestler when he wants to be. I like the way that his brain works. I just unfortunately think we often get the laziest possible version of him. This was not a great match by any means. But I liked the way Ata's brain worked in this match. I thought this was a ton of fun, too. This, this whole weekend, again, I, I, I am borderline self-conscious that I'm repeating myself by saying things were fun. But all of these matches, minus the Hibiscus Me stuff, were a good time.
1: Yeah, and it's something that, like, in this match, I, I, it was something that, like, I don't want to reevaluate Dragon Kid and Ata. That's, like, the last thing I want to do. But I was like, am I, like, liking this a little bit more? I think I am. I think I well, a- like Ata as a
0: just in general.
1: Oh, 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 just the two of them interacting and existing in the same world. Oh, God, I was so yeah. dumb. No, with great. Yeah, no. So, so I, I, I thought this was fun. You know, we got a marionette case.
0: And also a perfectly logical finish where, you know, UT gets thrown to the wolves basically and, and eats a big finisher. And it's just was like oh, a- Ata's he's still him for a while. And it was it was comforting. It was good stuff.
1: Then we had the six-man tag that was set up the night before, Masaki, Mochizuki, Mochizuki Jr., and Leona teaming up against Kai, BB Hulk, and Shun Skywalker. Leona got the win over Kai with an inside cradle, but it was after a whole bunch of shenanigans and his dad saving him.
0: This was not as fun as the night before, but the fact that Leona had matches that weren't actively bad is such a massive step in the right direction
1: you know for 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 what I assume was like a bot program, this was lively it, it like the match wasn't fine the match wasn't great it, it it was competent it was a three, but it was something that the story playing off across those two things I was like all right this 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 was added a little bit of spice to the week, and it didn't it it was not an active detriment where it really easily could have been
0: oh yeah no if you're if you're grumpy about this you gotta you gotta take a deep breath i mean this was harmless fun i uh, I don't think Z-Brats looked like geeks at any point, which is, you know, there's, there's a danger to that, but I, I thought they came out of this looking okay. This was all very enjoyable stuff, and anytime Fujinami pops his head, and I'm going to enjoy it. So, they, I, I, I'm very into all of this.
1: Then we had the Open the Brave Gate Championship match, Hio versus Teelan Shisa. Hiyo makes his fourth successful defense with a box attack in the Neko Tamashi in nine minutes and 20 seconds, and Teelan Shisa... He is someone that, that I would say uh, coming out of this weekend, I, I thought he was all right the other time I've seen him and I'm like corking, but coming out of this weekend, Tila Shisa, you, you know, give him the 16th spot. Him and Shuri Joe have to have a decision match.
0: So I myself screwed up and I put this match in an unfair situation because I watched the first Okinawa show and then I watched the Dragon Dragon uh, combination show, the joint show. And then I watched the second Okinawa show and on the joint show, Shisa wrestles D-Courage and is electric. I mean, is like mind-blowingly quick and is right there with all of D-Courage. And I went, Well, oh oh my god, if he's this good in, in the trios, what's he gonna be like against Tio? And I was let down because he wasn't as good in this match as he was on the other show. I thought this match was fine. It's, you know, another Feather and Hyo's cap where he works a pretty compelling Brave Gate match that is very much his own style. But I had way too high expectations going in given what I had already watched from Shisa.
1: Yeah, you, you know, like I came into this thinking of like, oh, it's going to be a hio Brave Gate match and now I'm pretty well accustomed to it. So I didn't have that coloring with it and I liked it, I think, probably a good bit more because of that, because I was like, oh, it's going to be Hyo, you know, healing, you know, basically, like he is... He operates in a certain way, and it's going to be can the local guy overcome the odds against a touring champion? And that worked for me a lot.
0: Yeah, very much so. Now this was this was not a bad match by any means. It, it was a bit of a disappointment, just given the way that I I headed headed into the match. But you know, this heel Bravegate run has been very interesting to watch because he's starting to execute something that I've praised him for in the past. Is that he has his own style that I think has helped make him stick out and i you know you, you go through the rain he won it from dragon dia he beat sb kento he beat jason lee beat dragon kid he beat shisa here i was way more into that sb kento match than most people were i and outside of that you know I, I don't know if he's done anything great but i think he's been very good i think he's been a very good champion and for as odd as the brave gate belt has been you know you think about how it was you know, it went from Susumu to Ishida had that huge run. But then once Ishida lost the belt, you know, when Akuda and then Genki and then Kagatora and then SP Kento had a few stabs at it. The belt is healthy on Hyo right now. He is a guy who is at that right star level for being the Brave Gate champion. And I think he has done wonders with the belt. So I, I'm really into his run right now.
1: Yeah, it's something where I remember the lore of the Dragon Kid and Ata feud where Ata ripped up the Brave Gate and they gave it a white strap because the idea is that each champion colors it with their reign. And it's it's something where like Hyo's reign really has like it's very distinctive in the way that I feel like that they were trying to allude to with that, whereas sometimes, you know, that, that's that's a cute catchphrase, but it's not actually reality. Hio has changed the Bravegate to his, to his purposes. And I think that's very fascinating. I think it's very successful for him. I, it's something where he constantly has found ways to take just this personality and charismatic aspect and revolutionize his career around it. And it's remarkable to see.
0: And you think about the best Bravegate runs in history for whatever reason, maybe it's just the fact that it, it is technically the mid-card title, but you think about the best Bravegate runs and they all have some personality to them you know you think about Pac, what he did and you think about that flamita run and you think about kotoka when he had the belt and yosuke when she had the belt and then you think about even that great Kaito Ishida run had its own little tone to it and that's quite frankly i wish i saw more of this from the triangle gate belts where trios brought their own flavor to their title matches i like when these brave gate matches have their own feel the dream gate belt look, I, I want a four and a half star main event. That's just how it's going to be. I am much more forgiving and much more excitable at the idea of the Brave Gate title meaning something different to each champion and do all of those matches looking different. And I like the way that Hio has handled his title run, even if we're not getting, you know, the level of matches that we got with Ashita or Flamita or, you know, obviously Pac. Uh, it's still been enjoyable, and I think it's been serviceable to both the belt and to Hio as a wrestler.
1: Yeah, and it's something that, it, you know, do I think he's ever going to build himself up to be a, a Dreamgate challenger? Probably not. Like the most you're, you're probably talking about is one of those burner ones, but this is something to, like to show that he's able to see like, hey, what is the idea of a Dreamgate match if he, oh, that's something that we couldn't talk about last year. But that's something that I feel like it, it's still a very slight possibility, you know, in the future, but it's something that, you know, you can't just immediately cast it aside.
0: SV Kento versus Hyo for the Dreamgate belt at a Champion Gate main event is something that I would like to see.
1: Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. And the main event of uh, the Dragon Gate portions of the Okinawa weekend was D-Courage versus Gold Class. Yuki Oshioka got the win on Minarita. With a new move, it's the Bone Mace. Which makes me wonder between the the Battle Hook and the Bone Mace if there's some video game thing or if he's just like a big Castlevania fan. But the Bone Mace is a pop-up choke power bomb that... Uh, my note for this finishing move other than writing down what it was splat
0: (laughs) yeah this was this was very solid it's a nice three and a half star main event guys worked hard Uh, we're going to see better versions of this match in the future but uh, good stuff a good way to close out the Dragon gate portion of the weekend
1: yeah, I like the fact that they kind of mixed up the pairings as you would expect with this. Like you had Minorita with Kakuda doing like the weird waist spin that actually was the, kind the, of fun. The
0: reverse giant swing, which I, I yes. think Joe Gagne is the one who put it on his Twitter. It, worth worth taking a, a look at because I've never seen this happen in a wrestling ring before.
1: Right. Yeah. So so like I mean you could have very easily done like beef versus beef, Yoshioka versus Menonora, you know, replay that and then the brave weight brave gateway guys but they mix they mix up the pairings here which you know i think is kind of important when you have like trios that with, with with their size you can't like mix up members you have to kind of mix up combinations in the match and i'd like the fact that they kind of went to that it showed showed a little bit a little bit of depth that i like to see
0: that's 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 a very good point
1: point. and that concluded the weekend for dragon gate side support for open the voice gate Comes to us from HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking fun, easy, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. And the holidays, we're we're right in the thick of it. Like we got through the first big one. If you're in the states and if you celebrate, but we've got a lot more. But but we're all around it. But HelloFresh makes this busy time of year easier than ever with chef crafted recipes and pre portioned ingredients delivered right to your door so you can spend less time meal planning and prepping more time spending spending time with your loved ones there in case at least for me i know like going through one bout of holiday cooking i really need some roughage like i just need it i know how i operate you know it's texas It's a lot of meat and potatoes but when i see some stuff like the the Bavette steak with roasted garlic pan sauce. I I, I think a little bit back, like, oh, there's asparagus there. I can get my way through that. I I can eat healthy, but also get the things I like with HelloFresh.
0: The thing I like about HelloFresh, not only am I getting great food, I am... Getting an activity out of it. You know, I'm a a man that, you know, when I I take my lady out, I like taking her to as nice of restaurants as I can afford. I like having, you know, planned date nights where we're going to do this, this, and this, and I'm going to take you here, here, and here. Great thing with HelloFresh is because I'm kitchen illiterate, they deliver this box to me and all of a sudden we've got a date night making, let, let me throw a variety of meals at you here, sweet chili pork and cabbage stir fry, which I'm a huge fan of, Dijon onion crunch salmon, which is magnificent. You scroll down this page a little bit, chicken and waffles, white cheddar burgers, shroom and Swiss pork burgers, all stuff that we happily devour. It's not only easy to make, it's fun to make and it tastes delicious.
1: It's cold outside. You know, you, you want to make a meal w- with your sweet and cuddle up on the couch and watch Tulsa King. Like, like I, that's what you want to do during the holidays, right?
0: I want to grab my girl, make some hibachi style mushroom stir fry and finish off season three of Dead to Me, which I have three episodes left
1: of. I, I mean, that's what we talk about. That's the reason for the season. It's making meals with loved ones with HelloFresh and watching your streaming shows. So how do you get in on this? Well, there's a great offer going in right now. It's holiday time. So, you know, HelloFresh is going to bring it. And what this offer is, is 70% off plus free shipping. The way you do this, you go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW70 and use promo code VOW70 for 70% off plus free shipping. That's VOW70 for 70% off plus free shipping. When you go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW70 and use VOW70. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Case, with how these weekends are, they finish things off with Dragon Cross Dragon. It's always produ- it's always promoted as a Ryukyu Dragon produce show, but for us this week it was a four match jaunt. It is on the network. It was also available on Twitcasting, and it really kind of was a story of two Tomb- of both halves of this very short show, wasn't it?
0: Well, uh, I yes, I can give you takes on the first two matches real quick. Uh, the show kicked off with Rio Saito versus Masaki Maeda, and I don't know where you're at, Mike. I have watched every match that has made the Drangate Network this year with the exception of the May 3rd and May 4th Kyoto KBS Hall shows because they were right before Dead or Alive and with work stuff going on, I did not have a chance to watch those before Dead or Alive. Other than that, I've watched everything that's hit the network. I've watched probably 80% of the YouTube uploads, but I made an executive decision to skip Saito versus Maeda. There are just not enough hours in the day for this bullshit.
1: All right. It was eight minutes and 51 seconds. He submitted her with the cycling Yahoo. I give it one and three quarter stars.
0: And as for Drankin Kid and Yamato versus Chirami Saver and Hibiscus Me, it was a Hibiscus Me
1: match that went 17 minutes. It was longer than any other match on the weekend. This was the longest match on the weekend in case. It was 17 minutes. How long did this match feel like to you?
0: Oh, a safe estimate is 34. Double it.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm going to have a bill for my time that I'm going to be giving to Hibiscus Me. And and it's... Her act is over in Okinawa. Like, I'm not going to take that away, her, But it's something that is so lost on translation on a Dragon Gate show. It just feels so discordant in a way. Like, I mean, the matches stop for like three to four minutes each time. Like, this happened last... Dragon, Dragon show with Binke. Remember, it was like yes. four or five minutes. Yes, I, and, and just... look, I,
0: I I hate to disparage the Mad Dog Club, huge Mad Dog Club guy, but Tommy Saver. Him... Oh, my God.
1: The, the, the he won the uh the, the Aru King title from Binke. We haven't seen that match yet. Oh, I didn't know that happened. I want to. You see didn't that. notice that he, he was walking around with that belt and not Binke this that's, weekend. That's a, that's a good point.
0: Okay, so that show November thirteenth. That con. I want to see that show. Yeah,
1: yeah, and a, that my was man.
0: And of course, semi-main event, KZ and UT versus Hibiscus Me and Jackie Funky Kameh, I I I'm gonna have to watch it because it's a title match, but I do. It's a I land of contrasts.
1: It's <laughs> yeah. a land of contrast. But yeah, uh, it, it, it's just something that for me and I feel like that I just I get it. And I just like I I've stopped rating hibiscus me matches. They're, they're just X's, whatever. And I just move on. The you thing
0: know? is, the the last two matches I thought were very good at least, so
1: Absolutely. We had D-Curge versus Gosamaru Shuri Joe and Tiran Sisha, and it was D-Curge getting the win with the frog splash on Shuri Joe from Yuki Yoshioka. And this was an absolute blast. This was a whole lot of fun. Yeah, I kind of said my
0: piece on this earlier. I thought Tiran Shisa was outstanding in this match. It to, to a point that it ruined the Bravegate match for me because I thought he was so good here. This was maybe uh, for lack of a better term the most traditional dragon gate match like this was just a fun six man tag that was worked at a ridiculous pace i thought go Mara, you know lacked a little bit behind joe and shisa and the d guys but still this was like a three and a half star trios match that is well worth your time
1: a lot of life on it a lot of life in it i was three and three quarters so we're kind of on the same page there and then we had the main event of the weekend this was for the twin rio tag team titles it was natural vibes kz and ut defeating the Mad Dog Club of Gurken Mask and Kjax. It was an elbow smash, jackknife pin on Kjax and big news coming out of it, UT was banged up in this match and has been pulled from ongoing cards, but it does not look like it's going to be a prolonged injury. He looked like, very early on, actually tweaked his knee, wrestled the remainder of the match, and then they have pulled him for upcoming shows.
0: Yeah, I went three and three quarters on this. This Four. Oh. Ooh, oh, Fourth. four for you. Good I good, good for you. You didn't have the fear. A Kjax hit in the notebook. How about that?
1: I got to give it up for Kjax, and I really have to give it up to heel technician Mask. Fucking is,
0: awesome. Fucking he, awesome in this match.
1: He comes in in a pair of short shorts, and is just trying to rip apart UT's knees. He might actually be too good at it.
0: There's a spot in this match, my favorite spot of the match. If you've seen ut do this before you're gonna know exactly what i'm talking about he whips the guy off the ropes and then sort of sits down on his back and waits to catch them in a prawn hold when they come back off the ropes it's his big flash pin that he does and he passion. went to do that he what was it it's passion that's right that's his passion so he goes to do that to gurken mask and gurken mask rolls through and puts him on an ankle lock and it looked it looked T two P levels of crisp. It was so clean and so shocking to see that happen. To me, that submission spot is the, the big high spot of the match. I, I I thought. I mean, I don't know if people understand that I'm not doing like Gurk and Mask praise tongue in cheek. I legitimately enjoy him as a pro wrestler. This is why because Gurk and Mask was really really good in this match. I mean, like legitimately great heel technician.
1: Yeah, no, this was an absolute blast. Uh Kjax working monster pretty well. Great job. Uh, you know, they took some time and they had to basically just buy time to make sure UT was able to continue, you know? Like, like you could tell some certain you could tell immediately what was up with that. And, you know, they came together and it was just an absolute blast of a match. It was it was a whole lot of fun and hopefully they brought Kjax back with.
0: Yeah, because K. I mean, this was this was a big match where he didn't look lost, and you know, down the finishing stretch, he plays a huge part in it. He gets a double choke slam to K. Z. and U. T. Uh, he gives a lariat to U. T. That, quite frankly, had that been the finish, I wouldn't I wouldn't have complained. I wouldn't have been shocked by any means. And then he takes the finish from K. Z. This was a ton of fun. This match is worth your time uh, if you're looking to parse through this weekend. I would recommend the last two matches of the first Okinawa show. And I would really recommend sitting down and watching the last two matches of the Dragon Dragon show.
1: Yeah, it just was a really fun weekend. Before we move on to other Dragon System universe stuff, let's, let's run through these Hokkaido shows. There are this weekend. This is the semi-annual Hokkaido trip. It will be from the Sapporo Eon Stadium, like always. We have three shows here. Okay, so do you want me to do this usual thing where I run down each night and then we will give our thoughts?
0: Yeah, go show by show, because I've got thoughts on uh, all of these uh, individual cards.
1: All right, the opener on night one. This is on the second. It will be on the network. It is a 6 o'clock local time start. Check your local listings. KZ and Jackie Funky Kame versus Ginky Horaguchi and Eita. Susumu Mochizuki and Yuzushi Kanda versus Hyo and Ishin. Yuki Oshioka versus Mochizuki Jr. Big Boss Shimizu and Strong Machine J versus Masaki Mochizuki and Don Fuji. Jason Lee versus Shun Skywalker, uh, Gold Class versus High End and Problem Dragon, and then a Twin Gate title match, Dragon Daya and Madoka Kakuda versus Kai and BB Hulk.
0: There's a lot of good stuff on this show, and I will always be very partial to the December 2020 triple shot that they did here, which I just thought they were just three shows that I all thought hit really hard i I thought they were great shows and this has the same potential i think the opening match kz and kamei versus a10 genki that's a fun combination of guys yoshioka versus mochizuki jr is fascinating shimizu and strong machine j versus mochi fuji sounds like a ton of fun we get jason lee versus shun skywalker just because and then you've got Daya and Kakuta versus Kai and BB Hulk, which could very easily be a four plus star main event. I love this card.
1: Yeah. And it's the, like, really like look on this show and each of these matches, I think has a lot to offer. And it's something that on these Okada weekends, like you would think that maybe there would be a little bit of holding back on it. And at least like in this era, they really haven't. So I'm not too worried about people leaving stuff in the tank for their mayor of the weekend. Um, Moving on to the next night, December 3rd, this is a five o'clock local time start. Binke and Minorita versus BB Hulk and Hio. Ultimo Dragon makes his first appearance in a couple weeks uh, with Ginky Horiguchi and Kaito Nagano versus Yamato Dragon Kid and uh, Yamato Dragon Kid and Problem Dragon. Strong Machine J and Jason Lee versus Don Fuji and Eita. Kotaman Nora versus Susumu Mochizuki and the six-man tag, D Courage versus M3K, Misaki, Mochizuki, Azushi Kanda, and Mochizuki Jr. And the main event for the Open the Triangle Gate Championships, it is Z Breath's champion team, Shun, Kai, and Ishin versus KZ, Big Boss Shimizu, and Jackie, Funky Kamei.
0: Yeah, so this is a top-heavy show. I think Minoru versus Sasumu is a fascinating match because I, I, was, you know, I was thinking about this yesterday, actually. This might be the the weakest year of susumu mochizuki's career and he had a match of the year contender this year but this is kind of a down year for susumu isn't it
1: yeah he's been in a supporting role other than you know he got his shine at dead or alive and like immediately stepped back in the supporting role
0: yeah i mean the 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 purpose of the dead or alive match was just to kind of go like okay this is this is it for him as a main eventer and then you've got minora who you know we've emphasized how de-emphasized he's been lately so i think that's a super interesting match anything decourage him? m3k i'm super into and that triangle gate main event i mean i'm expecting that to be outstanding I- anything anything less than four stars is going to be a real disappointment there
1: yeah and then we have sunday this is an afternoon show one o'clock local time start it is the get- is the flyaway showcase uh jason lee and strong machine jay versus sumu mochizuki and Azushi kanda i'm surprised they never really had like a nickname considering you know 24 years of teaming just as an aside kind of kind that's of a good point yeah yeah uh don fuji and geeky versus Ata and kaito nagano uh the dragons ultimo kid Dya versus gold class four-way tag team match yoshioka and kakuda uh, mochizuki and son yamato and problem dragon shun skywalker and ishan and then the dosako um let me pronounce that again dosanko derby six man tag team match kz big boss shimizu jackie funky Kame versus bb hulk kai and Hio. in case we have not covered this for people who might this might be their for show why is it that kz and bb hulk are in every single main event on this weekend
0: this is their hometowns so they build these entire weekends around them
1: yep so usually it is that one of them will have one main event. And the other one would have another night and they'll do something else. No, they are keeping them in the main events all these nights. And they're doing this. Dosanko is both uh, advertising. I think it's something of evolving with Leck, both the title matches on the previous nights. But that is a special six-man tag team match. Dosanko Derby time. So
0: two questions now that we've got these three shows in perspective. One, do you expect either the Twin Gate or the Triangle Gate belt to change hands?
1: um no uh, uh kai and hulk though
0: tough pesky yeah
1: yeah pesky hometown uh i i, I like that triangle gate team that the kame is gonna get like uh choked out by ishan we <laughs> he's don't gonna get gonna murdered go. he's going yeah. to get murdered by that he's team get, <laughs> yeah, yeah he's gonna get murdered by a team like ishan like is like a like you know how like jim ross always talks about darby allen james dean stuff like no, like you watch, you look in Ishin's eyes right now, and that's a mile wide stare. Like, like, like he will choke out Jackie Funky Kameh. He does not care.
0: He's kind of got a, uh, and this is a fine line because I sometimes find this wrestler to be much cornier than other people do. Ishin low key giving John Moxley vibes
1: right now. He, he might be a vibe guy because John yeah. Moxley case, as you know, I think is the all time greatest vibe wrestler.
0: I struggle with Moxley, man. Sometimes I just. He's a vibe. I, He's sometimes he's so great, and sometimes I think he is so fucking cornball. And I'm, I it's just it's one or the other. I'm never in the middle with Mox. I'm either all in or I am all out.
1: Ah man, I I I I have a soft spot for him for the DGUSA stuff. You know? Oh
0: god, I mean that stuff's great. You know him as him as face of AEW is where it's like. Yeah, some, sometimes this stuff doesn't hit with me the same way that it does everybody else.
1: I, I, I just want him back into Gibsonville, North Carolina, having 20 minute touring main event matches against Naruki toy. That, that's Hasn't all in the same
0: sense. It has, um, not- <laughs> has not been the same sense. The other thing I'll bring up. Normally we see with you shows night one attendance is here. Night two, more uh, uh, higher attendance there. And then night three is where the tour peaks. Do you think the first night of the tour with D courage in the main event will outdraw the other two nights?
1: I mean, that's a sneaky, that's a sneaky bet of the week, isn't it?
0: I'm just saying I will not be surprised if we come on here next week. I might not be on the show next week. I'm still trying to figure out my schedule. Uh, So apologies in advance if I'm not here. Don't be surprised if that happens.
1: Yeah. TBA schedule this month tba but yeah no i think that that's uh it's interesting because like yeah you're usually right usually the getaway day is the highest attendance but that yeah you have like this big hometown match and the four-way but there's just there's a lot of stuff there that's fun but it's not necessarily stuff that i'm like thinking more people would come out for in comparison to night one
0: it's a title match and as we've seen everything d courage related draws and i just feel like you know they're they're not super heavily emphasized on that final show. You know, it's the dragon six man. And then you've got Yoshioka and Kakuta in that four-way tag, which is a cool match. But I just, I think having a specific decourage match that people can buy tickets to that might be the difference between 270 fans and 300 fans in this building. And, you know, in, in times of COVID every fan counts.
1: Yeah, and especially for this one that like there is like a local component to it. You know, like it'll be interesting to see. Like, I mean, it, it for years it's clearly been positioned around the Hokkaido guys. You know, it was BB Hulk and then Hawk was in the company. He's a Hokkaido guy as well. And then, of course, uh, of course, KZ. And now like shifting to that, like that this is actually kind of seeing the two strategies come into play right here for the first time. And, and it's in a very micro level and it's something that there's a lot of qualifiers because it is. Hokkaido, the northernmost prefecture in Japan, population base completely different than like if you're doing this in Osaka or Tokyo, and then you have hometown guys. But it, it, you you kind of are to see the lab, like 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 let's see if these theories play out here. Like we're taking them out of the lab, and we're putting them into practice.
0: Yeah, this is going to be super interesting. I love the first two cards. I think I think the the third card is just okay, but I am I'm pumped for these. I enjoy all of the Hokkaido shows. They always have a good energy to them, even in that weird, depleted indoor soccer venue that they run. So I'm I'm pumped for this,
1: for sure. And w- with that, let's talk a little bit DG in USA. Uh, one big show, and then some announcements. Should we just do the announcements first, guys? Let's do the announcements. All right. So it was announced for his. It's not his United States debut. Just to be clear, if anyone says this is his United States debut, they are wrong. He was in King of Trios. He did a Jakarta date. But KZ makes his return to the United States at Prestige in Portland, probably the most KZ-friendly town I could think of in the United States on the 17th of February. And then MLW for their first big taping of the year. And the date here is very important. And it will be important about something else we're going to talk about. It is on January 7th in Philly. MLW has at least announced three different uh matches and participants from Dragon Gate. It is La Estrella will be back in action there. So he he is remaining in the States. We didn't really have a have an end date for him, so that's not a huge surprise there. Jacob Fatu versus Benke. And then also for the MLW World Heavyweight Championship, Alex Hammerstone defends against Yamato. And the last one, Bola, has been started to be announced. They've moved it to January and Shun Skywalker on the 8th will make his debut.
0: The Shun thing is super exciting, even if we never see it, just because that's, I I still think Bola means something, and I still think being booked for PWG means something, and Shun getting that spotlight, I think it's going to be a huge deal, and I expect him to go far in the tournament, and I expect him to do very well. As for the MLW stuff, Yamato versus Hammerstone is a fascinating match. I am looking forward to seeing what Yamato can do there
1: yeah i mean it is like this but the reason why why i point out those dates there uh we were not very certain about like how this would work because usually dragon gate uh winter break is a little bit longer than other promotions they don't really run stuff the first week of january and sometimes not the second but this year they had shows on the 7th and the 8th so we're, we're, we're seeing the talent split again kicking off 2023
0: yeah and something that uh joe lanza noted behind the flagship wrestling patreon is that he expects there to be some sort of rotation of drangate wrestlers in america going forward which you know credit to joe he's been on that beat pretty strong he's been he's been on the money with his drangate in usa reporting so i i see no reason why that's not the case and they are kicking off 2023 putting their best foot forward
1: yeah and uh, ending 2022 uh Dragon in USA, the, the big king of the Indy show was on the 19th because we didn't have a show last week. We didn't really have a chance to talk about it there. In ring-wise, I would see DG in USA ends 2022 on a high note. But uh, this is a weird thing to talk about, So at least for me, because I did not know any of the king of Indies drama when I watched the show. Any of it whatsoever. And I think my perception of it completely untainted com- is different from everyone else's. So... I it, but when I when I discovered the other stuff there, it made me really kind of like oh, uh, and made me a really kind of sad case. And you know what? Well, did did you watch the entire show? I at this point, I, I'm going to go back and rewatch other stuff. But at this point, I've watched everything that had Dragon Gate people in there. So, okay. f- so so both the first round matches, there was a six man later on, and then the finals. Okay. All right. Interesting. It, I'm sorry, I cut you off. What were you saying? Oh, uh, oh no. Uh, it, it, it's something where like I think my perception was is completely different here. So it's something that I really wanted to get out in the open before we talk about this, because, you know, I, I, my impression, albeit is tampered there. I still can't change how I felt like when I watched the show without having the news about, there might've been a whole, this doesn't work for me, brother fast behind the scene.
0: Yeah, I was, I, I read the news or at least the, the sort of scuttlebutt before I watched the show. And it was a bummer because I was really excited about this lineup and, uh, it seemed like everybody there had a really bad time from what I gather. And so I, I turned my attention to the SB Kento stuff and I think you had the same takeaway that I did watching SB Kento versus Kevin Blackwood, their second match. And I I think Blackwood is nearly as good as it gets in the US Indy scene right now. And his two matches with SB Kento have really shed a light on the fact that although I already thought he was a prodigy, I've pegged him to be the next Yamato uh, from his first match, and I see no reason to steer uh, course. SP Kento has taken a step up. He's taken a leap. He is really, really good. And he had a very good year in Japan. Uh, I, again, as I start to do some year-end stuff and look at who who some of the best wrestlers in the world were this year, SB Kento's first seven months were really, really good. And then he went to America and he's had a pair of matches with Blackwood. He's done some stuff in Deadlock Pro that I've really enjoyed. His stuff in Mexico has been a ton of fun. This, uh, for lack of a better term, excursion has been a success for SB Kento in my mind.
1: And, And not to jump ahead, but when you include the fact, so SB Kento won this match, he advanced on to the finals with a small package after getting double stomped here. If you put all of this, like, aside... And you put all of this like in, in context. If you take like all the the bad stuff about King of the Indies, and that's not I'm not going to try to take anything away from anyone's experiences here, but if you just like take S B Kento here and you put it in a context case and you look at what what he put on on this night, starting with Kevin Blackwood and then later on in the main event, we should more people should be paying attention. And maybe some of that is on people like us, not screaming it from the mountaintops and maybe not reaching out to people in the best kind of ways. But what SB Kento has done on this excursion, this trip, the, this uh, vacation study abroad, however you want to put it, combined with what he's done before, if you're not paying attention to SB Kento now, and if you are not, and especially after just his matches here and his performances here, I mean, not to get too ahead of ourselves, case he was the most popular person in this main event that happened later on. And, and that was, that were, was
0: by the way, that was corroborated by somebody that was in the building for this show that, that noted that in the Voice of Wrestling Discord, that SB Kento was the most over person on the show.
1: The most over person on the show with Naomichi Marafuji, the most over person on the show with Dragon Lee, the most over person on the show with Kazuhiko Nakajima is this 22-year-old kid who has barely wrestled outside of clap crowds here. If you're not paying attention now to SB Kento, you've already lost, but you could still hop on and enjoy the rest of the ride here because seeing Kento Kabune progress from the December of 2019 to what he did in San Francisco there, matching up against some of the best workers on, on the Western Hemisphere and, and not just like matching up, but holding his own and excelling more people should be talking about SB Kento and more people should be paying attention. And if you aren't paying attention at this point, you're lost.
0: You know, the, the watching SB Kento versus Kevin Blackwood gave me a really interesting perspective on Dragon Gate for, for two reasons. One, one of my big talking points with SBK over the last probably year and a half or so is he's very over. He's a main eventer, but his matches are more character work than they are great matches. And I, I I've always found that to be a really interesting situation that he's put himself in where his character is so strong that at times it, it almost feels like it detracts from great in ring work. And of course, who in Drang8 has started to carry that torch? It's Hyo. And I asked you a few weeks ago because Hyo tweeted something about wanting to go to America. I said, do you think he would get over on a on a GCW show, on a West Coast Pro show, on a Deadlock show. Do you think Hio in a singles match could get over? And you and I have been supporters of Hio since he debuted. You know, we were famously his only two fans for a long time. And we were both a little wishy-washy. I'm like, eh, you know, I don't I don't I don't know if that would work." But then watching SP Kenta versus Kevin Blackwood here, it was just a reminder that the standard of work in dragon gate is so much higher. The floor is so much higher than any other promotion on earth that I now wholeheartedly believe Hyo could waltz into any USND and could steal the show. And we forget that, because what do I always say? A six-man tag in Kobe Sambo Hall that we give three and a half stars to, if that match was on Raw, it would be the match of the fucking year. People would lose their minds at it. And we kind of lost sight of that with SP Kento, that he is so good, but he's working in a promotion with greats. And then you see him become a big fish in a small pod, which certainly does not happen on every excursion. But you see it happen here with him on the U.S. Indies, and you go, "Oh, that's right. These guys are all a level above everybody else." And the king of the Indies, him and Kevin Blackwood, personified that.
1: And here's the crazy thing, Case. SBK has improved on this excursion.
0: He's got a better, even better, even better. I'm, I, even I'm, better. So, I'm so disappointed that he hasn't found steady work in AAA, and I'm not going to act like I understand that universe to any degree to where I can speculate on it, but I just feel like he could have done something prolific there, and I'm so bummed that it didn't happen because he's gotten better, like you said, he's gotten even better, and I just feel like if he had that platform where people still pay attention and value AAA to some degree, I think... That could have been the the eyeballs that he needed on him. I think he could have been very very entertaining there.
1: And it's something that you you know the more you watch it, the more you watch him, and more you watch him in different contexts and in different places. I mean, he's practically worked across the United States at this point, for all intents and purposes. I mean, he's worked West Coast, he's worked Southeast, he's worked North, he's worked Midwest. You know, he he's hit a lot of the major centers, and each and every single time. He is able to go to a crowd that now more and more, I would say, are getting more familiar with him, but it's not, but it's definitely not always been the case. He's gone to GCW, has lit in a show on fire in a really weird circumstance in Columbus with Alec Price. He has gone to Portland and did this with Kevin Blackwood. He did it again in San Francisco. He's done it in Raleigh, North Carolina and at Deadlock. This is someone that we, that the rest of the wrestling world, should be taking notice of because in a very short period of time, he will have the wrestling world in the palm of his hands. It's just I, time.
0: No, I mean, look, the, the future is SP Kento versus Takuma Fujiwara, and that's just, that's just how it's going to be. They have two of these guys that we're labeling as generational talents, and it doesn't feel hyperbolic, and I feel extremely secure in those predictions.
1: Yeah, and, and, and like the only, like, and we can get into this again a little bit later the only thing that that like frustrates me more about this is if the if the u.s indies had their act together in any sort of way and realize what was happening here because you, you you know you think you think back to like akira Tozawa and Reseda in 2010 in 2011 and, and like how much that can not only like change a person's career but that was one of the big steps on the way of, of PWG becoming what PWG became in 2014 to 2018 started with Akira Tozawa there. That could have happened if these people had their fucking acts together. That could yes, have happened.
0: The, the, this is not the show to uh, complain about the US indie scene. We do that every other show, but you're exactly right. I mean there's, there's real potential there. Uh, again, knowing that SB Kento was in the States for at least six months. I mean, we And were, he's going to be back. Yes. Yeah. It, you know, we were, we were told initially, and, and we reported this on the show, you know, from the end of August through the end of December, he's going to be available to anybody that wants him. And anybody that had their finger on the pulse, anybody with a clue could have gone, okay, well, I've got four months with a, with a future Japanese superstar. Let me write out a program for him real quick. And not only has that not happened, but we've watched him publicly beg on Twitter and say, hey, I'm in America and I want to wrestle. Can somebody help me out? And that, again, I look, if I was a U.S. indie promoter, I would be walking around humiliated just on a daily basis given the state of the scene and the output that's there. But specifically this, I mean, this hits our sweet spot of it just, it just shows how far off the pulse and how little a clue some of these wrestling promoters have. Because SB Kento... People should have gotten sick of him. He should have been everywhere. And unfortunately, he has been far too few places uh, uh, this excursion.
1: The other Dragon Gate and King of Indies match was Jacob Fatu versus La Estrella. Jacob Fatu, one of the Rikishi driver, then pulled up uh, with a knee injury and pulled himself out of the remainder of the tournament. Estrella really finding himself here. And you can see why the company really wanted to bring in Jacob Fatu a couple of years ago in this match
0: yeah i believe we've said that on the show before but fatu was going to do a dragon gate tour in 2020 and COVID obviously put a stop to that you know i would have liked to have seen that just because fatu uh has his own way of doing business that seems dramatically different from the dragon gate way of doing business and I don't really expect that to rear its head in the Ben K match, but if that relationship continues going forward, I'm really curious to see what that looks like.
1: Yeah. Um, the other non-tournament match was a six-man tag. Tyus Alexander, Calvin Blackwood, and El Kakui versus Starboard Charlie, La Estrella, and Viento. Weird finish. This one, it was kind of like a non-jokey Bola six-man tag where they get everyone who lost in it, but the finish was a triple 450. Estrella and Viento land theirs on Blackwood and Kikui and get stereo pinfalls. However, uh, Starboard Charlie is going after his rival, Titus Alexander. Alexander rolls out of the way and walks out. So it's a double pin, but not satisfying one for the young West Coast ace.
0: Yeah, I would really like to see Titus Alexander get in the ring with some Dragon Gate guys. I think that would be a, a fruitful endeavor for both the Dragon Gate camp and the Titus Alexander camp. Uh, but this did not scratch that itch the way I would have hoped for it to.
1: There was a little bit of Estrella and Titus in this, just a little yeah, bit, but it was, just a little it was, bit it, it, enough to make us think that they should do it. Uh, and then there was the King of Indies final because Fatu was injured. This was a single fall three way match. Dragon Lee becomes the first ever three time and concurrent. King of Indies winner when he pins SBK with a Z trigger. Drillistico, his brother, was the only, uh, was the other participant in the match. And yeah, again, SBK able to, like like Dragon League consensus top 15 wrestler in the world. SBK was more popular than him. In the-
0: yeah, again, any, any US Indie uh, promoter could have this guy. And my understanding is he's not, it's not like a, um, samurai del soul situation where he's asking for an outrageous amount of money you could very easily get sb kento on your show and uh people just they they don't know what's up
1: and afterwards he cuts this promo in three is saying like i'm working on i want to study my english i'm gonna study my spanish i want to be back here and you could tell like it was something that like originally like like with him i was a little bit like i you, you know it's a big fish out of, it's a fish in water situation you know how it goes but boy coming out of this here you're like okay this guy this was the right choice for him to do this now
0: yeah no he he's he's nailed it i mean he's exceeded my expectations and they were obviously incredibly high they're incredibly high for everything he does and much like takuma fujiwara he exceeds them every chance he gets
1: absolutely and closing out this week uh kaito Ishida has uh, has returned as we've talked about before he is now Full time in Gleet, it seems. I don't know if he signed a contract or not, but a lot of Kaito Ishida stuff has popped up in Gleet over the last few weeks. Uh, just dipping our head for the Kaito Ishida stuff, and just like take a just just like big takeaway. Uh, at least for me, yeah, they know that that, that this is going to be a guy to go with for whatever this company is going to go to, and him versus Lindemann is the program. They him versus
0: him versus Lindemann is the program. I could be wrong. I apologize if I am. I believe they are booked for that first show in Osaka which is a vocal crowd for the the world title at the start of the year and i think the move has to be to give a sheet of the belt i mean we'll we'll go a little bit more in depth on on my thoughts on how they used him on these most recent gleet shows but i think big picture kaito Oshida does feel like a big deal in that promotion and they need as much buzz as they can get and i think he's going to be the answer yeah absolutely
1: yeah yeah short term i think it's the operative word there it's something that you know you know just with um, all my usual caveats with this company you know <laughs> well like i don't understand uh how they make money you know stuff like that but
0: <laughs> well I, I don't know if you saw did you see the attendance number for this cork and hall show on yeah, it was like uh, seven, the 23rd
1: it was like 760 they, they they were right in the zone where they should have flipped over and gone uh cheering
0: yes yeah, so they've run five cork and shows this year they did 462, 695, 723. They did 1025 for Ashida's debut in October. It was Ashida versus Tetsuya Izuchi, who I really like. And then the main event was Jun Kasai and Masashi Takeda versus Hayato Tamura and Ryuchi Kawakami. That was the main event. They did 1025 for that show. And a month later, with Ashida in the main event, in a title match. Now, granted, he was in there with Quiet Storm, which, you know, one step forward, two steps back. They go back to doing 761.
1: Minoru Suzuki was on this show.
0: Yeah, but I, I yeah, I, How I don't know. He... Are, are people still buying tickets to see Minoru Suzuki? I, I wouldn't.
1: I, I mean, people are still bringing him in, like they're going to buy tickets for him.
0: Yeah, eh, fair, fair point. No response to that. That's a good point. But yeah, I, I, I would tug my collar a little bit if I was Gleet. To just go right back to the same number they did after they had all of the eyeballs on them uh, for that October Corkin show, which was beloved. You know that was the Bandito and Commander debut. You had a really fun uh, Jake Lee match on that show. Uh, and then you had a versus Azuki, I- I- like I said, and then that no DQ tag match main event to go right back down to 700 and something fans has got to be a little bit disappointing, especially when ashita is the guy that you built this show around now i just said you know i think ashita is the answer in the short term and i do believe that but i would be tugging my collar just a little bit after this
1: yeah it's uh it, 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 it's something that that'll probably write up my thoughts about it elsewhere but <laughs> it, 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 it it's a it, it's a bizarre promotion but we're gonna talk about g pro 38 39 40 selections from them 38 all the stuff is on youtube glee puts their stuff on youtube which is great.
0: It's very easy to find GleeT stuff, which I do have to compliment them for.
1: Oh, it, it, it is fantastic. It is great as a consumer. I don't know if those ad revenue dollars are really helping out. <laughs> for YouTube. I mean, they get like thirty thousand views, but like with how with how YouTube's been demonetized so much towards pro wrestling, I just yeah. Anyways, uh, on the nineteenth, uh, Kaito Ishida had two matches. The first one was against Stronghearts Hearts, Onizuka. Anazuka, uh, Kaito Ishida, one with the tiger suplex hold, and then. He immediately cut a promo. And here is our main man case. Oji Shiba hit the ring and was and, and got a whole lot of offense, but then got locked in an ankle lock and lost there. So this is
0: what fired me up about about Gleet that really made me invest some time into this promotion this past week, was I, I love what they did here. Ashita wins a, a hot nine-minute singles match. Oji Shiba comes out and says, I want a piece of you too, and Ashita rolls over him. Like, that's a really clever way to... To really emphasize how important Nishida is right now, I really liked this, and then I thought they made a misstep on the Cork and Hall show.
1: Yeah, it, it's something where Issei Onizuka, I, he, I, I've never been able to like make, make heads or tails of this guy. Like it, it it's, it, it's also kind of like interesting because you get Onizuka, Stronghearts trained, Shima trained, like pretty much like OWE, like completely separated against Kaito Ishida and you can kind of do compare and contrast and I and that was kind of interesting to me but Issei is just someone that I don't know I can't wrap my head around him
0: every once in a while Issei looks really good and then he goes back to being the most average wrestler I've ever seen
1: yeah 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 and then OG, uh, it's fun seeing Oji I like lo- Oji's looks great now I mean he still uses live my dreams he came out with a house of fire got his mouth busted open and then immediately got tapped out it was great love OG.
0: Yes, no, I'm, I'm into the OG Shiba right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredibly sloppy, but fun. Yes. And, and then we get into that Korkin. That uh, this was November 23rd. This is G-Pro 39. G-Infinity Tag Team Titles. Uh, Hayato, uh, Tamura, and Czech Shimitani versus Kaito Ishida and Quiet Storm goes to a no contest when Ishida turns on Bulk Orchestra when, you, when Yutani and Flamita join up to him doing beatdowns. Harley Jackson comes in, does a feint, and then teams up with them. And they are a new stable to do an impromptu eight-man tag. Ishida, Flamita, Yutani, and Jackson versus Tamora, Shimitani, and Storm, along with Izuchi, someone who has been a constant thorn in Kaito Ishida's uh, side since debuting in Gleet. And he would get eat the half-tiger suplex to win that match there.
0: Yeah, I really like Azuchi and I really like Shimatani. Those are my guys when I'm watching. Glee. Check is you know, so much fun. I I love check. I, again, that is that's the guy I've earmarked since he first showed up in Glee. I don't remember if he was on the debut show or not, but I'm like, wait, how, how was how was he not the guy? He's really really good and really fun to watch. So I hope long term there's an investment made with him there, but. I got kind of two points I want to go off of here. As for the tag title match, I thought they kind of made Ashita look like a geek because he's in control when this match gets thrown out. Like, Flamita and Yutani don't exactly save him. Like, Ishida, he he's got the box. He's got a red box because, of course, he does. And he kind of just uses it to use it. And the match gets thrown out. And the luchadors come in, and it just wasn't very economical the way they did it. It didn't feel like it had any impact, and I just thought it made him sort of look like a dork.
1: Yeah, so it, it, it's something that, that like Ishida was lightly affiliated with Bulk or but it was more because of Chasma and no one else really liked him and it just was like a weird vibe kind of thing which was just like something that like i mean they started this match with just posing non-stop case like it just was like Ishida felt like a non-factor until he came in and hit him with the box
0: yeah it was it was weird going from a show where he wins two singles matches pretty easily into he goes into this tag team events like oh a lot of quiet storm in this match. Not a lot of Kaito to Ishida. I don't know if I would have done that. And then again, I just, I, I thought the finish was goofy. And then you go into this angle where, you know, Ashita is teaming up with Flamita and with Yutani, which I think is great because I, I think this Utani kid is incredibly talented. I think he's got a super interesting story and I'm sort of the only person repping Flamita right now, but I think Flamita has been awesome this year. Uh, his big Lucha stuff. I've really enjoyed, uh, He's worked. Uh, let me let me make sure that I get this right. I don't want to misspeak. But you know, he's worked. He's worked some AAA stuff that I've watched that I really liked. Like Flamita, obviously, was at a point where he was very highly regarded by people in the know, and then he sort of fell off. But I, I am very much back on this Flamita train. I think he's been great this year. But now they're with Hartley Jackson, and I just I don't think that works. And no, it doesn't. I normally this is kind of my second point here which I'll, I'll expand on in a second i normally love the dq main event finish into an impromptu sort of scrambled fast-paced main event but i didn't really think that one hit on any sort of big
1: level yeah so like this uh the, this new unit I, I think it's pretty fair to say they are black generation they'll probably call it some variation of it because of flamita and the big lucha stuff and Utani. like i think it's pretty fair to Like, they haven't named it, but, I mean, Ishida came out in a Black Generation hoodie on the next show. Like, that's probably going to be the direction with it. It, it, It's something with this promotion, and I tried not to go on this, that, like, you have so many, like, promising parts. Like, your Czech Shimitani's. You like Izuchi. I think he's a little bit of a geek, but that's fine. And and then you have Kaito Ishida coming in from a bigger company and coming in, like, looking like a star. And then you put him with, like, Harley Jackson, who currently fucks around in Gombard Pro. Like... A, or, or like quiet storm who's basically washed out everywhere you know it's just one of those things you're just like how is this a winning combination in the long term
0: yeah it doesn't it doesn't feel like it i'm i'm pretty i i'm into ashita yutani and flamita i don't find hartley jackson adding any sort of value to that that group and i i kind of thought he was exposed uh, on the the November 27th show it was an eight man of, you know, those four against Hayato Tamora, Quiet Storm, Masato Kamino and uh, Takanori Ito. And it was a fine match. I actually thought Hayato Tamora was awesome in it, but Hartley Jackson does not fit with the other three guys. And I thought made the match actively worse.
1: Yeah. So like this eight man tag, you have Jackson and Storm there and like, it, it, it's not that like Takanori Ito, you can like plug into like a Dragon system match and it's, and, it's, and it's gonna be like flush there but it worked like like they were working in at a certain p there speed there and it's something that like I guess really like my big takeaway with this is like how like this promotion you know with all these former dragon gate guys with with Glee with, with Ladette money coming in here and with like Shima I believe he's then like like uh, in leadership role there. Like, his vision for this, like, there's certain pieces you're adding into this that does not work with what you're trying to portray here. And I think that is a thing that uh, Kaito Ishida, seeing, like, the diverging, if you want to talk about, like, divergence in the dragon system, in a way. Gleet and Dragon Gate are moving in, sop- in opposite directions. And seeing Ishida here and how he wrestles in the other stuff that Ladette provides makes a lot more sense for him long term, I think.
0: So kind of piggybacking off that, this is my last thought that I had this week. And I don't necessarily have an answer to this. So I don't don't feel the pressure to have one either. Because I thought about this a lot today and I couldn't really stick the landing. Part of what I like about Gleet, and I don't know if it will lead them to success, but part of what I like about Gleet is that it has actually given us a better understanding of the Dragon Gate creative process, Because we've seen Gleet do so many things. You know, quick turns, convoluted gimmick matches, um, just the pacing of the show, the way their angles are laid out.
1: Bringing back Gamma.
0: (laughs) Bringing back Gamma. (laughs) Uh, Being friendly with Flamina. Uh, Things that clearly have Shima's fingerprints all over them. You know, things that have largely exited Dragon Gate ever since Shima exited Dragon Gate. Gleet, even though it's a new promotion in the grand scheme of things, I sort of know some of their booking hits. I sort of know what's in their playbook. And I was wondering today, when you think about the President Keto era of Dragon Gate and, you know, without Ultimo, with Ultimo, with Rio Saito as the general manager, do you feel like this current era of Dragon Gate has any of the signature booking traits that Gleet does just by proxy of Shima being there.
1: Oh man, that is. Yeah. I, I, because
0: the, the, the the one thing that I really thought of was just, there's, there's such a great emphasis on youth, which I love because, you know, Drangate's always been a very young company, but there are also times and, you know, oddly enough, T-Hawk was maybe the biggest victim of all, where Shima would just chew up these young guys, and the way that youth is handled in current Drangate is much different. But that's that's not necessarily a pattern. That's not necessarily an angle. That's just a, a almost a reference that has been shown that wasn't there you know, from 2004 to 2018. But I don't think in the same you way... Know, you know what I mean? How Gleet has those things that we just... We, we recognize even if they're new to that promotion. I don't know if Drangate has that thing right now that like identifiable oh this is an angle this is modern dragon gate
1: Mask guys i i mean like the like max z yeah. uh, i mean the fact that max z is like a new one i would say probably is like the one biggest thing i mean but the, like that was a full-on shima trait i mean there was not really like big uh, like imposter storylines happening in 2000 or 1998 to 2004 right like like that is probably like the one thing that i can easily point to like being asked this question two minutes ago yeah <laughs> well, that's, that's
0: i i i would like you to chew on that and if you if you think of something uh you know please mention on a future podcast that, that that's that's a good one and that's that's interesting because you're right that is something that that was drangate exclusive that wasn't really a Torimon thing. And, you know, I'm sure the Gleet people will correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't think Gleet has done any sort of, you know, masked wrestler unveils himself to be X sort of gimmick. Whereas you're right, that, that is actually, that's a great answer. You think about the demon mask from a few years ago, you think about uh, SB Kento turning heel when he did, you think about Ishin turning heel just a few weeks ago. That, that is a great answer in terms of a Drangate booking quirk that they utilize often
1: yeah and it and if anything like the one thing that i would see like they've done a not really like a trademark thing about it it's like multi-team is not did not carry over so like those like the the, like these are like the things that i think are gonna be interesting to see over like because glee now i mean they they finished up like their first full year at this point and it's something where you know the further that it gets away from its founding i mean its first show is actually had its two-year anniversary so it's two years in and seeing how it continues to diverge is going to be really fascinating.
0: For sure. Yeah. So that is a, those are my thoughts on gleet. I, I enjoy this promotion, even if I'm not the most bullish on their future, but I, I am officially like, I am looking forward to some of these shows. They do stuff that I really like. I just wish in Japan, there were more eyeballs on it for their own sake.
1: I, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's something where I think that at least from, like, Dragon Assistant perspective, and that, that's where I've been speaking about all this from, it's good to have that spot there for, like, the people who have left. And, like, we've seen, like, people converging that weren't necessarily, like, immediately strong hearts. Stronghearts. Confili- like, like, it's just something that's natural to have, like, this other thing. I mean, there was Eldorado. I mean, Secret Base is still kicking around. And that's a sponsor course. group. And I'm glad for that, but I like look at the other pieces about it, and it is something that like there are uh, there are people that are not Dragon System based that I do like in this promotion, but there's just a lot of stuff there that I'm just like I it's just not for me, and I'll just check out the Dragon System stuff, and that's fine yeah, th- for me.
0: Th- that's interesting because you know we both really like check. I really like Titsuyazuki. I I think he's been awesome this year. Uh, Jun Tan show was somebody who I've been a fan of ever since Shima latched onto him. There's stuff up and down this card, uh, these cards that I enjoy. It it is a promotion that that suffers from the really high ceiling, really low floor right now. Um, and unfortunately, it's not just oh, you know, weak undercards, good main events. Every Glee show I don't really know what I'm getting
1: yeah and it's something that i mean when you're two years in and that's still a question you're having that's a problem yeah absolutely but i think that's going to do it for this week's show this kind of turned into a buffet but it's really was just we had a lot of stuff to talk about case but do you have anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here this week
0: i i don't know if i will be here next week i would really like to discuss the Hokkaido stuff and the uh, cork and hall show with mochizuki versus yoshioka If I'm here, great. If I'm not, I apologize. And I will circle back with you the week after that. But professional obligations might prevent me from doing this podcast next week.
1: Hey, it's the end of the year. Things get crazy here. We will be back sometime next week in some capacity talking about the Hokkaido Triple Shot, the cork and hall show that is free for everyone in English with one of the best wrestlers of all time, Misaki Mochizuki, in his last dance case. Like, that's a wild thing. Like, this might be it. I I am
0: firmly of the belief he'll be challenging for the Dreamgate belt at sixty five as well.
1: Hey, I mean, th- th- there's going to be something there. Maybe it's going to be at that point, and maybe it is uh, uh Dragon Diet Junior in the title. <laughs> you know, <laughs> who knows? There, who, who knows with this? We're we're not going to try to roll back ages and figure that out here. That that's no, not what no no no. We, that's not what we do here. But thanks everyone for listening. Uh, the best way to support us is if you go to uh, follow us on Twitter at Open Gate. Twitter seems to be lasting for a little bit. We'll still be there. Also, as you all have may have noticed, we have been putting up these clips on YouTube along with the free shows there. Give it a like and a subscribe there. It helps more people find the show, as well as the best way really to help out is if you go to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, five-star rating and review. I don't know how the machines work, Case, but I know that the machines like shows that have that.
0: That's that's good enough for me.
1: But that's going to do it. You can follow Case underscore in your case. I'm at Fujiheya. Thanks for listening to VoiceGate. We'll be back with you next week talking Yoshioka versus Mochizuki. Take care.